it's mind-boggling. I put in some of our numbers, and if we could decrease our site load speed by about three seconds, we could see about a $4 million return. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. All right, welcome back to episode number 41 of Perpetual Traffic. And on today's episode, we're super excited because on last week's episode, if you haven't listened to episode number 40, please go back and listen to episode 40 when you can, because today really is is to follow up on that episode. On the last episode, we talked about four Facebook metrics critical to your success with your, your Facebook ads. And number one was all about ROI and, and cost per conversion. And then number two was really uh, what we believe is one of the, the biggest leverage points overall in increasing the ROI with your campaigns, which is landing page conversions, how to get better conversions on your landing page. So today's episode, um, we've got Justin Rondo, who's the director of optimization at Digital Marketer. He's also one of the world's leading conversion rate optimization specialists. Justin's going to be walking us through the nine ways to increase landing page conversion rate. And it's funny because today's topic, I want you to listen very closely to to what we're going to talk about today. Perry Marshall calls this small hinges that swing big doors. A lot of times people are looking at their Facebook campaigns or their YouTube ad campaigns and and they're looking at their cost per conversion and they're trying to figure out how can we reduce cost per click? How can we, you know, find better target audiences when really you can go and you can look at your landing page in a lot of cases, you can increase your conversion rate on your landing page almost immediately And all of a sudden, without changing anything on all of your different Facebook ad campaigns, maybe you've got 20 different ad sets, and then you make one change on your landing page and your opt-in rate goes up by 25% or 50%. In some cases, doubles or triples. All of a sudden, what happens to your ROI? It goes up 25%, 50%, doubles or triples. We usually talk about traffic on this podcast, um, but you really have to understand that traffic and optimization go hand in hand. So we're building traffic campaigns. We're looking at metrics. We're wanting to make money and acquire customers. But if the page that you're sending traffic to doesn't convert, it doesn't matter how awesome your traffic campaign is. It's still going to fail. So Justin joined our team a little bit over a year ago, and he's been such a big part of our success because it's really the piece of the puzzle that we needed. You know, we had great traffic campaigns and we had good pages, but we needed someone that really was constantly focusing on what can we do to increase conversion rates? Because like he said, you know, if you double the conversion rate on a landing page, then you're going to cut your cost per lead in half or your cost per acquisition in half. So these two are really working hand in hand. Um, So, you know, the more that you optimize your page, the better that your traffic campaign campaigns are going to convert. So really excited to have you on, Justin, and and to really cover the the nine ways that, you know, you can increase conversion rates on your landing page. Yeah, we're totally psyched to have you on here because I mean we talk about a lot of the front facing aspects of ad campaigns in this show here, but the most important in my opinion, in many cases, and like Keith said, the little hinge that swings the big door, 
and that is definitely this. It's all about this on this episode here is after the click. Like once they click the ad, then what do they do? So you got them to click as an advertiser, but your landing page takes over. It's like a handoff. A baton is now handed off to that landing page to do its work. And the nine things that he's going to go through here, you know, a lot of them, you can just pick one and make a huge difference. Um, and you know, maybe you try a number of ones, but the point is, is that this is, this is something that's not necessarily something that you see inside the Facebook ads manager too. And we discussed that in episode 40, this really revolves around figuring out what your conversion rate is on your landing page by taking your website clicks and then dividing that by your conversions and you get what's called your landing page conversion rate. So and we talked about this last time. If it's like 10% or below, you've got some work to do. If it's 20%, you're probably doing pretty well. You want to shoot for 30, 40, 50% if you possibly can. So Justin's going to talk about ways in which to increase those rates as well as lower your cost per lead and your cost per acquisition. Justin, dude, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me here. I'm uh, really excited to be here. I didn't think I'd ever have a chance to get on, you know, perpetual traffic because you guys are so focused on on traffic and I'm such an on-page guy that uh, I'm just really, really psyched to share some of the stuff I've been doing. Dude, no, this is this is a big deal. I mean, please, if you're listening right now, listen very closely. We, I mean, on the original mind map planning this this show out, we had your name on it. So we, it's just been a while to get you on. And this is really, this makes a big difference. I mean, maybe you've got... 25 different ad sets in your campaign and you're trying all these new things on Facebook and you're overwhelmed when really you could actually just go to your landing page and and make a couple simple tweaks, listen very closely, take one or two big things that call out to you on today's episode, make those changes, see what happens, let the data tell you what happens. And guess what? If your conversion rate increases by a certain amount of percentage, guess what happens? You get more customers for the same amount of money you're spending on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're getting clicks from. So, so Justin, dude, you've talked it over hundreds of events all over the world the last couple of years. And we want to hear your best stuff. And I know you've got a list of some things that, that can make, you know, some big leverage points. So let's get right into it. What's, what's, what's number one? So I, I think before I even jump into number one, the first thing I want to say is actually have a dedicated landing page. So if you're sending ads anywhere, don't send them to just like, you know, your, your homepage, your product page or anything like that. You need to have a dedicated landing page. So that's even like pre-step one. So actually create a dedicated landing page that has a specific message and then move from there. You'll see a dramatic increase in conversion rates by just having a landing page as opposed to sending them to your standard uh, website or anything like that. Right, Justin. And that applies whether they're sending traffic to a blog post, to you know a squeeze page to ask someone to opt in. Make sure there's a focus. You're not just going to your homepage or a products page because that's going to confuse people. Exactly. That's kind of like my precursor, my zero. Uh, But getting into the first thing that I think this could really help anybody out. And it's probably one of the most overlooked factors. And to be honest, I overlook it every now and then too, because I'm so ready to get onto on-page work. But really what it comes down to is you need to optimize that page load speed. Okay, so it doesn't matter what industry you're in at all. You need to have a site that loads quickly. You need a landing page that loads fast. 
okay? And I know that there's a lot of, you know, different design trends that are going on right now in terms of like these large background images or background videos and things like that. But when you start using those things, that takes up a lot of memory and it takes a lot longer to load. So you need to make sure you optimize your page load speed. If you haven't even considered this yet, this is the first place you look regardless of the industry you're in. Uh, just a few numbers for you right there. Like a site that loads in three seconds experiences 22% fewer page views than a site that loads in one second, okay? You wanna be shooting for sub two second load speeds, which I know sounds really intense, but that should be the kind of the, the number you're looking for. And I'll tell you right now, even at Digital Marketer, we don't have that for some of our pages. And that's something we're striving towards as well. Okay, and just a few other things to keep in mind that, you know, 57% of visitors will abandon a page that takes three seconds or more to load. So that's more than half of your visitors just leaving right there. Yeah, especially if you're paying for the traffic, yeah. <laughs> you know, they get to your page, it doesn't load fast enough and you've lost that visitor. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with your traffic campaign. You just need to speed up your site. Wow. C can you repeat the first stat you said? You said a site that loads in three seconds experiences... 22% uh, fewer page views, a 50% higher bounce rate, and 22% fewer conversions than a site that loads in one second, so a third of the time. And that's simple. That applies across any industry, any business. Right. It's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people find out their load speed? What's the best place to go? So there's a bunch of different tools you can use. You can actually go into Google Analytics and you can look at your page load speed and you can go for the average for the site. Or you can also just kind of pull into uh, specific pages to see what their timing is. And you can actually bring that down to different geolocations as well. So if you're just focusing on certain regions, you can take a look at that as well. I think at DM, uh, I think somewhere in like Ireland or something, we load like crazy fast as opposed to some other places, which is actually really bizarre to me. And there's one really cool thing I actually saw the other day. Um, and I'll, we'll also share this in the notes and I'll, I'll share this link with, uh, with, you, with you guys because I was just playing with it like two days ago, which will tell you how much potential you have to gain from increasing your site by one second, two second or three second. All you need to know is your current site speed, your conversion rate and your average customer value, as well as um, your visitors to the site or to the landing page. And then it'll calculate out what the potential is. It's mind boggling. I put in some of our numbers and if we could de decrease our site load speed by about three seconds, we could see about a $4 million return. Holy moly. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Page load speed is like Molly said, it's it's not business centric. This is the internet. Okay. <laughs> so, so definitely, definitely look at that first. hit that blog for all the details, tools, how to find out what your speed is, and as well as how to increase your speed. And we'll link to that at the show notes, which is digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. All right, let's move on. How about, uh, how about number two? What's the, what's the second best thing you can do? Okay, so the second best thing you can do, I'm sure you guys have talked about on the podcast before, and I'm sure it's come up, but it really comes down to ad landing page congruency. So the ad sent. If you have a particular imagery you're using or a particular wording you're using in your advertisement, you want to reiterate that on the page. Okay, so whatever your kind of your design schema is, repeat it again. I think, and Molly, I think you're actually kind of a whiz when it comes to this exact 
topic because as we design our landing pages and we put these together, we use a lot of the design elements from the advertisements we're creating and we actually make sure that they're on the page. Absolutely. I mean, it's really important to maintain AdSense because if someone clicks on an ad, especially if they're on Facebook or Twitter um, or a platform where they're not necessarily searching for you, um, they click on the ad and then they hop over to the page and it's not congruent that person is going to hit uh, the back arrow really quickly, right? So a few ways you can maintain congruency is to use similar copy from your ad to the landing page. A lot of times uh, we'll have you know the same copy in our ad that you'll actually see on the landing page. It just helps psychologically uh, maintain that scent from ad to page. Same thing with the design elements. If you can use a similar color scheme um, or a similar style in your design between the ad image and any images or, or design elements on the page, that will also help. This one is a given, but a lot of people screw up with the ad sent in terms of the offer. So the offer on the landing page isn't explained well in the ad, and that creates confusion when someone clicks. So make sure that whatever promises or specific end benefits that you're talking about in your ad, that those are reflected in the offer on the page where you're sending traffic. And, and one thing I want to add in there, it's like, a lot of people actually still get this wrong. A lot of the bigger players still get this wrong. And this is coming from a Google search experience. Um, I used to do a workshop about uh, landing page optimization. And one of the things I'd love to do every year when I updated it was put iPhone in as a keyword and go to the paid ads and see what the landing page is that I land on. And I remember every single year, Sprint royally screwed things up where they would get, talk about the, the ad would be like, get iPhones at a low price, blah, 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 blah. You'd click on there and expect to see something about that uh, when you, they ask you actually just to fill in your, your geo region location, like where are you located? So there's a, there's a disconnect from ad to page and, that, and they're spending like top dollar on a keyword like iPhone. It's a waste of money and whoever's running that should really be rethinking these things. So remember, if you're not getting this right right now, a lot of people are not getting this right. And you can actually have a bigger edge on some of the big players if you can get this correct. And the other thing a lot of people do is they, they try to always get the cheapest clicks. People are trying to get the cheapest clicks, so they're going with curiosity. Now, curiosity-based ad copy can work sometimes, but the problem is if you do some kind of a curiosity-based thing just to get them to click, so that, you know, how can we get the cheapest clicks? Then they get to the landing page and it's not congruent. You want to get quality clicks, and so your, your landing page needs to be very congruent. I'd rather have a more expensive click that's quality so when they get to the landing page that they opt in. And it doesn't have to be exact, exact, too. I mean, it can just have the scent of it. It doesn't need to have the exact image yes. and the exact yes. wording. It just needs to look the same, you know. I mean, your creative ideally should be the same sort of color as the landing page and should have copy that's similar. doesn't have to be exact, exact. But huge problem we see in any ad account that we ever go into. This is, this is very, very, very common. And you can increase your, uh, your conversion rates drastically just by making that message match for sure. Basically, what it comes down to is a particular like optimization or even marketing axiom, which is no surprises. All right, let's move on to number three. So number three is actually the visual hierarchy and actually really the page layout itself. And I know you've seen landing pages of all shapes and sizes, and there's a lot of like really great templates out there. And I'm, and I'm all for templates, but you want to make sure that your, your visitor is looking in the right places. 
And really the only way to know if they're looking in the right places is to use either some eye tracking tests or as well as some click tracking tests they can use with tools like Hotjar or Crazy Egg. Um, those are going to show you where people are clicking, where their mouse is moving around, and where they're scrolling on the page. If people are not clicking where you want them to be clicking or not paying the most attention where you want them to be, you are losing out and are kind of in the, in the dead zone. So we all know it's like when our cell phone doesn't have any service, that's pretty much what's going on when you have your call to action in a zone that isn't highly trafficked. All right, love it. So let's move on to number four. Okay, number four, and this one is a subset of ad congruency, but because of the new technologies that exist out there that make this really, really easy to do, I think it's something that everybody should start paying attention to. And it's uh, something that uh, at Digital Marketer, we're spending a lot of focus on with our, with our new ad strategy. And that is really personalized content. We have a lot of different advertisements that have you know, different avatars, different hooks. I know that they've talked a lot about the ad grid, and so this is an extension of that that extends the ad grid from the, the advertisement level all the way to the post-click level onto the, uh, the page itself. So what we're doing is we're setting up a specification within the actual URL that tells us which ad they're coming from, and then we provide them with very similar content. So it goes back to AdSense, but not even at the design level. This is really purely at the copy level. And we went from converting at around a 22% conversion rate on just sending a lot of different avatars to the same landing page. Um, granted, it was a dedicated landing page that loaded quickly, but they were getting the same headline and same subheadline, but we're seeing drastically different versions of the ad. What we did was we were able to then show them an individualized landing page that reiterated that copy that they saw based on the ad, which was segmented by the avatar and the hook. So personalized content is extremely valuable. We saw about what, like a 58% increase in conversion rates almost immediately when we did that. Yeah, this is so powerful and was so smart of Justin. He took the ad grid from episode 33 and he looked at the campaigns that I was running and we were targeting different avatars with different hooks, you know, different marketing messages using different copy variations. And we were able to use the UTM parameters and the URL to tell the landing page, hey, when someone from this avatar and this hook comes to this page, show them this copy variation. So this allowed us to make sure there was AdSense between who was seeing the message and what message they were seeing. And that mirrored on the landing page and really, really big jump in conversion rate by doing so. So great job on that, Justin. <laughs> Thanks. Didn't mean to toot my own horn there uh, by bringing that one up. But, um, but, it, but I think the fact, the thing that's most powerful about that is how simple it was to integrate. Most testing texts or personalization texts out there are based off of a JavaScript. So you just throw that in your head tag, uh, have your developer do it if you're not savvy with that. And then you really don't do a heck of a lot more. You just need to have a solid UTM structure to base everything off. And we just put the copy in based on the ads. We didn't have to go to our development team. We didn't have to have them build brand new landing pages. We were able to base it off of the same uh, URL that we were sending things to. So we were able to drastically increase conversions 
by providing personalized content without having to do a lot of tech endeavors. In fact, none at the time because we had Visual Website Optimizer already set up on the site. And it sounds high level. It's actually simple. If you sit down and and look at how we did it, we did it in about one to two hours, but we'll embed a video on digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for this episode. um, So you can see exactly how Justin set up uh, these copy variations. Without doing any of the automation that Justin just mentioned, you could literally have, you know, three different landing pages for three different avatars like we talked about on the ad grid in episode number 33. You can do this without taking it to this level. But if you have the ability to, this really, like he said, it's it's not as complicated as it sounds at all. So go back to the show notes. You know, there'll be a video about it soon, but this is game-changing stuff. The more you can personalize your message to the specific audiences, the better. It goes back to AdSense. So this is, I love it. Great stuff. All right, let's move on. we got four down, five to go. What's number five? All right. So number five is having a clear singular call to action. All right. So this is like reducing your navigation. You don't want to send somebody to a page where your call to action is in competition with other links. Ideally, you'd want to have a, a one-to-one ratio for the link you want them to click and how many links are on the page. Obviously, for, uh, for compliance reasons, you can't have a one-to-one. The best you can probably get is a, a, a one-to-two because you will have to have you know, a link in your header linking back to your site and things like that. But you really want to try and minimize the amount of choices on the page. So if you're sending them to a landing page that has like your, your website's templatized navigation, try to get that pulled off. You're going to see a world of difference. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, and I see this a lot, I, I do a lot of landing page reviews at Digital Marketer um, for, for our lab members. And one thing I constantly see, and this isn't to harp on any technologies out there, but a lot of people will send me their basic free version of ClickFunnels, where it has in that bottom right-hand corner, like learn more about ClickFunnels here. That is the worst thing you can have on your landing page. I don't know how much ClickFunnels cost off the top of my head, but pay the, the minimum amount so you can get that off of that page because it's a distraction and people aren't going to be focused on your main call to action. And in fact, it follows you throughout the page, so you can't get away from that. So keep it one-to-one. Keep it very, very focused, okay? So if you're saying for a particular offer, keep that offer front and center. Try to get it above the fold. Try to reiterate it. If you're sending people to a blog post, we reiterate our call to action twice in there, though we don't change the template of our site because we want them to kind of get the full experience because from there we're pixeling them and then retargeting them with actual, you know, kind of more direct response style ads. The whole concept here is to have a main focus on that offer, whatever is being promised, make sure that people can see it and that it's not in competition with something else. I think one of the tests that we always do whenever we get a landing page is we do what's called the squint test. So you look at the page itself and then take a few steps back and then squint and see what actually stands out. And if the call to action button is the thing that you see more than anything else through your squint, then the page is actually directing you to the right call to action. I don't know if you guys ever use that's very low tech that we do, but <laughs> like the four foot test, I believe too. <laughs> that's an awesome low tech, yeah. the four foot test. But yeah, I mean, I think it, something to keep in mind though, I mean, if you're running traffic to 
you know, a landing page on Google AdWords or Facebook, you do have to have navigation links, which obviously we don't really like because we certainly want them to be clicking that, you know, that main button to get to the next step. But keep in mind that you you are in compliance with Facebook's terms of service and you put a contact us maybe in the footer as well, you know, your homepage, you know, if there's specifics about your business, you know, we the more the better just so that there's some legitimacy to your page because Facebook really does like, you know, as much transparency as possible on your page. So you sort of have to balance that out with better conversion rates. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point. I wanted to address two things you said. The first thing being the the squint test or the uh, the four foot test. There's another tech out there called Usability Hub that does something called the five second test, where it shows your page for five seconds and then pulls it away and asks somebody a question. Hmm. You you can choose the Love question. So that is incredibly useful. If people don't know what the page is all about within five seconds, you're doing something wrong. Um, very, very useful tool. Uh, I like, I use it quite a bit. That's cool. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up there, Ralph, was when you were talking about compliance. And yes, yeah, you need to stay within compliance. Currently, uh, Google is, is kind of the strictest of all of them. And so when we create our landing pages, we don't create them based on compliant for Google or compliant for Facebook. We go whoever's the hardest about it, and we like to stay within their lines. I actually wrote a post about that and have a cool infographic that talks about uh, how to stay within compliance. Uh, on your landing pages. Um, and I think, again, we can we can link that out in the show notes. Yes. And, and also refer back to episode 18 of Perpetual Traffic. And we talk about how to, to work within Facebook's guidelines there too. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. This is great stuff, dude. All right. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, number six. I like it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going full speed. I'm taking uh, good notes over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so number six, what we have here, it really is, is the depiction of your offer or content is, can, can people see it and does it look good? And I, I, I've been quoted to say, you know, what is beautiful doesn't always convert, but you do need to have a certain level of, of design so that it doesn't look like it was thrown together by a 10 year old and that you're trustworthy. Design will impact trust factors. You also need to make sure that you're, you know, depicting whatever it is they're, they're clicking about. If it's an offer page, which I think is the, the easiest thing to talk about in terms of landing pages, make sure you have either you know, a product shot or a, a use case shot of it and you know, copy that's, that's supplemental to that on there as well. But you really need to make sure that people know they're in the right place because they have those visual cues there. So you need to have the depiction of the content or depiction of the offer immediately above the fold when they land there. One of the most important things you're, you're saying here is two things. So number one is design will impact trust. Okay, very important, very important. And then also very important to have a product shot or like a use case that people can see. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, how about number seven? Let's move on. All right, so number seven, this is uh, sticking with the content on the page itself. And this is going to come down to, to benefit-oriented copy. So a lot of people like to put copy on the page that's just feature, 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 feature. And it's kind of you just talking about yourself. Like, I'm so great. We have this. Did you know I went to this college? That's what it sounds like when you're just doing feature, feature, feature. When you have features on there, you need to supplement them with some kind of benefit. And we do that a lot in our copywriters. See that so you can. Like, we have this so you can do X. Right? So you need to bring it back to you know, what's in it for them. So don't forget benefit-oriented copy, but also don't just use benefits. Like It's great. You're, you'll save time. You'll, people will want to know, well, how will I save time? So you need to have a nice balance of, of features to benefit, but tie them together so that they work together and don't sound like either 
you're just talking about your company or your product uh, and not really relating to to the customer and what they'll what they'll possibly get out of your your goods or services. It's funny that uh, Ad Espresso actually did a, a great blog post on this on the most popular words in Facebook ads, and one of them was because. And uh, we posted this in our, our group, and a lot of people asked me, why because? Well, it's exactly the reason what you just mentioned. So you can. It's like, here's your feature, then so you can your benefit. So whatever your product is, you've got you've to make that transition. So in ad, as well as ad copy, as well as landing page copy, you have to make that transition. So if you're talking about a blender, a feature could be... Um, you know, a certain speed setting, but a benefit is that, you know, it, whatever blends in half the time. Or yeah, or, or it has, Does that make or, sense? Uh, yeah, it's st- playing off this blender kind of move. It's like the most powerful motor. So you can blend your, your most, you know, difficult, your toughest vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> your toughest vegetables, your coconuts, <laughs> like you could blend a coconut if you really wanted. All right. All right, so how about number eight? All right, so number eight is actually trust indication. So I talked already about how important design and a professional design will actually you know, impact trust, but there's tons of other things that can impact trust, especially if you're, you know, people are coming from a colder audience where they don't really know you, they have no affinity with your brand. Um, you're you're going to do some work to ease their anxieties, right? So things like testimonials, reviews, different types of social proof. If you start, you know, adding those onto onto your landing page, you're going to see an upturn there because uh, anxiety is one of the the most difficult uh, things to deal with and kind of showing legitimacy online because, you know, there's a lot of anonymity online and people don't know exactly who they're working with. Uh, It's not face-to-face anymore. So you have to try and make them and kind of work very hard to make sure that you know the, the visitors that come to your landing page, people have clicked your ad, that they can trust you and that they're actually getting what you say uh, they will get. So you know, think again: testimonials, reviews, um, a, a a design that again doesn't look like it was thrown together uh, haphazardly. Social proof is always useful, but those will all impact conversions. Um, I was at a conference recently, and one person's entire talk was about the use of social proof to increase conversions. Where Granted, they did a major, major landing page redesign, but the focus was on kind of pushing social factors there. And so it was actually for, um, I think it was some kind of like nursing conference of some kind where they'd go and get trained to place casts or something in a new way. And that's really kind of difficult to sell, especially if it was like somewhere in the Midwest. So trying to get people all up and ready to do that um, is kind of tough, but they were able to go through their actual, you know, their logs of content where people gave an evaluation, like a pen and paper evaluation every time they did this workshop with them. And they had all of this information, all this social proof. Granted, they didn't have, you know, a huge Facebook population. They didn't have many online reviews. They had all these paper reviews and they were able to take those and create a new landing page based off of one of the visitors there that was actually, he flew in from Alaska to come to this Midwest town to learn how to do this procedure and ranked the workshop five out of five and gave a lot of great information and a nice quote. So they were able to show with that, you know, transparency. They were able to show, you know, that, that people will travel here, that this is great, and that people are excited about it. So they were able to take certain social proof factors, throw that on their landing page, as well as with some other changes. And they saw, you know, like they, they 3X'd, I think, their, uh, their lead generation capabilities by doing that. 
which is absolutely insane. So these types of things, trust indication factors, are going to be extremely useful. Um, but you have to find what works for your audience, and you don't don't go like overboard with them. Like <laughs> just adding, you know, adding testimonials, reviews, social proof, ratings, all this stuff that can actually come back to hurt you if there's too much because there's an overload and it's competing with your main call to action. I love this. I think this is one of the biggest things that can be left out and not done properly. So I, I think I talked about this recently and this goes to your, your ads themselves as well. And remember when people are scrolling the newsfeed or they're searching Google or for something, if they see an ad that says sponsored, and the first thing that happens subconsciously is their guard goes up. So you can picture that person like in the boxing ring, you know, with their arm, with their fists ready to go because they see that sponsored. So, you know, metaphorically, their, their, their guard is up. It's an ad, right? So what your goal is to do is to think about how quickly you can get them to bring their guard down. And the fastest way to do that is social proof. Friends of theirs that like your post, you get on the landing page, same thing. The fastest way you can add trust testimonials, reviews the right way, social proof, gets them to let their guard down and then open up and then it can change the game. It really can. So I love this one. All right. So that's eight. Looks like we got one left. What is number nine? All right. And so number nine comes down to, um, it's, it's a little bit of a ratio here. And I look at it as the, the content to value ratio and meeting that. So you want to make sure that you have enough content to convince people and display the potential value that your, your offer will provide. So if you're asking for an email address, just asking for someone's email address, you likely don't need to have a, you know, a 14-page <laughs> in-length sales letter talking to them about that. You don't need to have you know, this incredibly long-form page. You, you need to kind of stick to the points and ask for that because they're only giving up one bit of information about themselves and you need to provide enough value to justify them giving up that information. Whereas if you're asking for a long scale form, so like something that's like a sales qualified lead style form that's asking for you know, 15 to 20 form fields, now you have to have a much longer landing page with more information to kind of work with people who are gonna be highly critical, right? So the content, the amount of content you have on your page is gonna be directly related to the perceived value and well, actual value as well, but the, but the perceived value of the product or service that's given. And a lot of people can go overboard on this too. They can try to, you know, as we say, I think we've said this in other episodes, they can try and kill an ant with an atom bomb. I mean, you're trying to get just an opt-in, a name and an email, and you have, you know, a 5,000 word landing page. That's probably overkill. So it should be in relation to it. So definitely the same sort of thing goes with the ad copy that they click on before they actually get to the page, the more simple we found the ask is name and email. Typically, you know, a shorter ad copy on the ad and then shorter ad copy on the landing page seems to outperform longer copy. There's obviously exceptions to that, but this goes hand in hand with what you're saying here. It's a great point. And the only thing I would say is just local businesses. A lot of people are wondering, they're seeing a lot of the stuff that we teach. If you have a local business and you really need that phone number, Make sure you don't just leave out the phone number because you're trying to keep it simple when that can be like the most important way to to convert that lead into a customer. Um, that's the one thing I see all the time with local businesses. They'll run a contest, they'll do something, and they won't ask for phone number, but they have a services business and they, they've got to get that phone number to be able to really follow through on that lead and get them to you know, follow up with a phone call. All right, so that's a good one there. So we got nine. I'm going to quickly recap, Justin. Uh, this is great stuff. 
So number one, page load speed, shoot for sub two second load speed. Um, you also said that 57% of visitors bounce if a page takes three seconds or longer to load. Wow. Okay. Number two, add landing page congruency, ad sent. Okay. Make your landing page make sense to the ad they clicked on. Number three, visual hierarchy. Are they looking where they should be? Use a heat map, use Hotjar or Crazy Egg or Visual Website Optimizer. Hotjar is an amazing tool. It, it does so much for, for, for such a low price. We, we, I always suggest that to, to coaching clients, agency clients. Uh, number four, personalized content. Uh, go back to episode 33 to listen to the ad grid if you have not done that yet. And you can really up your conversions if you start to dial things in, get even more granular. Number five, clear singular call to action. Okay. Uh, use reduced navigation if you can. And then use the four foot test um, where you back up and you can quickly see where the call to action is or see what the page is about. And then also in the show notes, Justin's going to have a great article about, about all of this as well. And um, the five second test, which is a tool you can use where somebody has to understand what the page is about in five seconds or less before it goes away. Number six, depiction of offer or content. Example, image, video relevant to the hero image. Okay. I love what he said here. Design will impact trust factors. And also, a confused visitor doesn't convert. All right, number seven, benefit-oriented copy. Got to focus on the benefits and not just the features. Number eight, trust factors are huge. Get social proof, testimonials, reviews. Get people to take their guard down and, and want to trust you initially right off the bat. And then number nine is proper content value ratio. Um, don't have a, a long form sales letter for somebody to opt in with their name and email to get a PDF download and vice versa. Don't try to just have a super, super simple uh, landing page if you're trying to get name, email, address, and, and income and all this other stuff. So uh, that's that's what I got for the notes, Justin. This is some great stuff, man. Yeah, Justin. And, and keep in mind, guys, you know, pick one, two or three of these that, you know, you can implement in the next week. And I promise um, your traffic campaigns will will convert better because you're sending traffic to a page that's actually optimized. So thank you so much, Justin. This was awesome. Yeah, totally awesome, man. So once again, head to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for all the resources and some of the great blog posts that, that Justin's also written that we will link to that you can check out. So Justin, once again, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate you coming on and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.